0: welcome to the rodeokids.com podcast please follow like share and remember that you can download this podcast and listen later my name is erica heckman and today i'm joined by rachel ostrom former miss rodeo iowa 2019 to talk about the rodeo queen industry the purpose of a rodeo queen and why saying yes and having fun are the two keys to success Well, we can just jump right in, and can you give me a little bit of a background and introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. Yeah.
1: Um, my name is Rachel Ostrom. I am, I grew up in um, a small town called Radcliffe, Iowa, which is kind of north-central Iowa. And I, I knew from a very, very young age that I wanted to be a veterinarian, and I really never had a plan B. It was only ever plan A. So... My whole life was pretty much dedicated to fulfilling that dream, and I I was really involved in high school. I did 4-H and SFA and sports and all kinds of stuff, Um, and then for college, I went down to Missouri, actually, Um, got educated down there, and um, got a biology degree with an equestrian science minor while I played basketball, and I was, again, like super involved, and I I knew I wanted to go to vet school back home in Iowa, so um, a couple of years ago, I got accepted and came back home and, and got to do vet school here, and I I was finally, like, living the dream and get to become a vet, but I still really liked being very involved in, uh, in my community and um, kind of being super busy and, and not having any uh, free time, <laughs> so I... You know, I always had a special interest in in rodeo, and um, I always, I grew up riding horses and um, showing and competing, and so I got into rodeo queening right at the same time I started vet school, actually, so a couple years into that, I decided to run for Miss Rodeo Iowa, and I was fortunate enough to win the 2019 title, so I did both my fourth year vet school and Miss Rodeo Iowa pretty much at the same time, um, and just had a an awesome time traveling the country, going to rodeos, and doing my vet externships and and all kinds of stuff. Um, And that was, that was 2019. So then last year I graduated during the pandemic. And now I'm working at my dream job up in Northwest Iowa, um, being a veterinarian and doing that every day.
0: Yeah, that is so awesome what influenced that decision to run for Miss Rodeo Iowa and how did you when you started rodeo rodeo queening did you have a couple titles before that state title or how did that work?
1: Yeah so I I really honestly didn't know much about the rodeo queen industry at all until my my first year of vet school which would have been like 2016 or so and I it honestly was just a friend of mine who on Facebook tagged me in a, a facebook post that said you know hey young women in the agriculture and rodeo industry wanted to run for this title and that was miss rodeo dallas county and somebody tagged me in it and i i didn't know what i was doing and i didn't know what it was and i honestly didn't know much but i said oh sure that sounds fun why not and so i went and i did it and again completely clueless throughout the whole process I they all the all the other girls competing knew so much more than me and they knew who Miss Radio America was that year because it was Catherine Burke and I'd never heard of her before and you know just all this all this information but I had and I ended up getting second in that one my very first Rodeo Queen contest ever I got second out of a bunch of girls but, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this was fun, and I could be good at this. <laughs> I should do another one." So, yeah. um, on a whim, there was that was early in the summer, so there was another queen contest the week, and that was Leon. So, I went down to Leon and ran for that one. And thank God there was only two girls running for that because I won that one. I don't think I would have won if there had <laughs> been anybody else. Um, and I think I barely won that one anyway. But that was kind of the beginning of it. I did that one, and then the next year I ran for Dallas again because I had such a good experience there, and I won that one, and then I think I think that year I ended up running for the Miss Radio Iowa title also, but um, I, I got second that year to Jenna Cool, and thank God I did, because um, I just, I wasn't ready for a state title yet, and then I, I grew, and I learned, and I realized how much I loved it, how much I really, really wanted to do it, so then the next year I came back and, and I was lucky enough to win it that year, um, but it was definitely a, a steep learning curve from not knowing anything about the, the rodeo queen industry to three years later, you know, competing for Miss Rodeo America. So it was, it was super fun and it was um, kind of a crazy ride but I'm so glad I did it. It made
0: that school a lot more interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that would be an understatement. (laughs) (laughs) It's really impressive that you grew that much in such a short amount of time to be able to go from never rodeo queening before to running for a national title. Like you said, a lot of those girls that run have been queening since they were itty bitty. (laughs) So that's really Uh, impressive. There's
1: there's definitely a lot of kind of career queens out there, I think there's probably just as many girls that, that have a similar story to mine. I mean, again, Kathleen Merck, she didn't know anything, and then two years later, she won Miss Radio America. And, I mean, even um, out of my class, Jordan Tierney, who's Miss Radio America now, um, 2020 and 2021, she didn't have hardly any titles before she won Miss Radio South Dakota. So I, I think it's really cool that that you don't have to be a, a lifelong pageant girl or rodeo queen in order to do well because the rodeo queen industry kind of shows you that if you're hardworking and knowledgeable and can ride a horse, I mean, you can do well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like you touched on, you were in vet school while you were Miss Rodeo Iowa, how did that look? How did you make that work? Because Miss Radio <laughs> Iowa, on its own, is a full time commitment, and then you're over here doing vet school at the same time. For sure, I I truly
1: believe that everything happens for a reason, and that God has a plan. And part of that plan in my life was that I lost the first time I ran for Miss Radio Iowa, and and I'm really grateful that that happened because if I had won that year, I it would have it wouldn't have really worked with my vet. School career plan just just the the way that the schooling works in, in vet school. Your first three years are sometimes be harder in the classroom, and then your fourth year is more clinical, and, and you can do more things out in the real world. So it just the the, the plan lined up so well that when I won Miss Rudy, Iowa, I was just about to start my fourth year of vet school, and that allowed me to what I did was um, instead of doing most of my rotations the the clinical two week rotations that you do your fourth year instead of doing them at school right away I went out and I did a whole bunch of rotations at the same places where I did rodeos so my very first rotation I actually um, set up a a two week what we call externship like a mini internship out in Kansas because I went to the Abbeville Rodeo and I was able to work at clinic during the day and then at night and on the weekends when there were rodeo appearances and the physical rodeo itself then I could do that also and that's what I did from May until December when I ran for Miss Rodeo America was do so many of these experiences in the same place so I could kind of kill two birds with one stone and it made for some pretty exhausting weeks but they were so much fun and I mean I traveled all over the country doing that and I met so many amazing people and honestly I feel like I got a lot of street cred too because the the rodeo people were like oh you're gonna be a vet and the vet people were like oh my gosh you're doing something else during your fourth year are you crazy so on on both sides of the spectrum it was like it it was like that I I had some street cred I guess is, is the way I describe it so it was it was an incredible amount of hard work and now that pretty much all I do is, is work, a regular job, I think back and I wonder how in the heck I did it because <laughs> I really like sleeping eight hours every night now <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't get very much sleep that
0: year. <laughs> I bet not. How did you find vet clinics that were willing to work with you in, in that specific amount of time that you could be there for the rodeo or were they all pretty accommodating to help you out? Yeah, for sure.
1: I mean, everybody everybody was extremely accommodating and just very understanding. And, and I think maybe a little bit impressed that I was trying to do it all at one time, <laughs> to be honest. But yeah, um, that's, that's the really great part about fourth-year vet school is that you're, you're almost, like, so close to being a veterinarian. And most veterinarians understand that, you know, you're there to learn. And, you know, vet school is really hard. So you need a break, it's okay. Most of the, yeah. most of those little externships I did, they were like, you want to take a day off, it's fine. <laughs> you know, like, you get move in. I understand. Like, fourth year's really hard. You're about to take your board exam. Like, oh, you know, man. take a break. You don't need to come with me on this call if you don't want to. But obviously, I wanted to experience everything. And, I mean, along those same lines, I, I didn't. I missed out on some things. Like, uh, for example, like, when we were in in Kansas at the Abbey Hill Rodeo, the other girls had all kinds of appearances during most of the days that I couldn't go to because I was doing my best stuff, which was great, but I did miss that on some things, but I think it was worth it in the long run to be able to do most things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. For those who don't know, what did your duties include as a rodeo queen? Kind of What is that role? What does a rodeo queen do? So, uh, a
1: rodeo queen general job can be boiled down to being an ambassador for the professional sport of rodeo. Whatever association that she's a part of, as Miss Rodeo, Iowa, we are in conjunction with the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association, which is the oldest and largest rodeo association in the country. And there but there are rodeo queens for pretty much every different circuit and organization that that has a rodeo and so we we are there not to just be the pretty face that carries the flag but the person who is out at in the crowd and 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 behind the scenes and and educating people and talking to them and smiling and being welcoming and bringing them into the rodeo i mean that that's our job you know we as rodeo queens went into a lot of schools and did a lot of education to youth about what is rodeo and are we harming the animals or not because to a society that is going farther and farther away from an agricultural based society to one that that's much more city and large populations rodeo is kind of this this mystical sport that, that involves animals that they don't really understand, um, whereas it used to be something that almost everybody were needed to do in one way or another because that's what our lifestyles used to be. So I feel like the rodeo queen is kind of the gap between the rodeo industry and the public as a whole.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think that rodeo queens do such a great job of connecting the two and kind of giving yeah. outside a look into what rodeo really is. For sure. What was your favorite part of being Miss Rodeo Iowa?
1: My favorite part was definitely, have, and, the, and the part that I miss the most, are my girls. The other state queens, there was, I think, 27 28 of us that competed for Miss Rodeo America and traveled the year together. And we, I mean, I just, those girls are the most incredible group of young women I have ever met, and that answer surprises a lot of people because we were competitors, and obviously Jordan won.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but I don't. I, none of us think about it like that because we had such an incredible year together, and I mean, it, it goes to show that you know every every one of our states picked us because of our our similar morals and values and. and things we believe in and we're, we're well spoken and we're equestrian and we're, we're in different parts of the agricultural industry and when you, you bring almost 30 of those girls together it's, it's hard not to be best friends yeah. and I have the most amazing friends with those girls and I, I still talk to them almost on the daily and I, I miss them a lot um Out of
0: that year. Yeah I know I can't imagine getting to travel with that group of girls the entire year because when I was the the Iowa high school queen the state queens there became such great friends in just a week and I still talk to yeah. them and it's been three almost four years I think I mean it's a long time since I was a junior in high school <laughs> and I'm still yeah. friends with all of them so I can't imagine the bond that you guys had after an entire year sharing your titles and getting to travel together. It was incredible. Absolutely. Was there any really memorable moments um, on the road as a rodeo queen?
1: I I know I brought up Abbeville a couple times but man that was the best rodeo (laughs) and part of it it sticks out so great um so obviously it was an amazing rodeo an amazing rodeo committee but the other part was while we were there they had a ranch rodeo and there was a couple of us girls who thought that, you know, sure, we could do that. We can, we can cowgirl up and, and get a little punchy and, and enter the ranch rodeo. And so it was, I'll never forget, it was a Saturday and it was raining. And the ranch rodeo was like at noon and the regular rodeo was that night. And the night before had been a regular performance and, um, it was a beautiful evening and the next day it was just pouring rain all day.
0: I <laughs> love when it does was that. was like
1: two foot of slop and it was gray and we were like we're, we're gonna enter this ranch rodeo. Oh man. And, and a couple of us a couple of us had roped before but none of us were that great <laughs> but um <laughs> we entered anyway and I'll never forget we show up to this this uh, ranch rodeo meeting to, where they explained all the rules and, and the teams and everything and all the other teams were these really hardened Kansas punchy cowboys and cowgirls. I mean, they were ranchy. And then we <laughs> show up biggest this group of five queens and we're like, you know, <laughs> a bunch of rodeo queens and they just looked at us like we'd grown a third head, and I just, oh man, they were they were very judgmental to say <laughs> the least. And, uh, but so when our turn comes up, we go in there and you know we we roast the damn deer and we're we're working on it. And in about thirty seconds, we were the crowd favorite. Everybody was on our team. Everybody was super excited for because we were just there to have fun. We weren't yeah. there to win any money or anything. And and we go in there, and we we don't do too bad. We actually beat a couple of the teams, I think. Heck yeah. Obviously, we didn't play first, but but we did pretty good. We were out there just in the mud, flopping, like, punchy cowgirls. And I think, again, we gained a lot of street cred that day because we were willing to go do that. And then that, that night at the rodeo, again, pouring rain, floppy. We were out there carrying some ice. We actually went out and untied calves after the tie-down rope. Oh man! And we we didn't have raincoats. We were just head-to-toe covered and having the best time ever. Um, and it was just—it was just the most amazing, frozen, cold memory of my life. <laughs> just we were willing to just kinda go with the flow and have fun and and do whatever
0: needed done. I love that. It's funny how it's never like the perfect usual rodeos that stick in your mind. It's always the ones that <laughs> something crazy happened or if, you, if you've or... never been to
1: Abidell, it's a town of approximately ninety seven people and there's nothing in it except <laughs> a rodeo and
0: Oh, those small town rodeos are the best, and the way that the communities pull together to put on rodeos like that, oh, it's amazing. Oh,
1: Oh my God. And while we were, I just remembered this, this is funny. While while we were sitting in the stands after, um, just just as the rodeo was getting over, we didn't have any more jobs to do, so we were kind of sitting in the stands of the crowd and trying to get them into the last part of the rodeo, I was like shaking. I was so cold, but I had a big grin on my face and I was covered in mud and it was super fun. And there was a very nice gentleman who, uh, he he was like, ma'am, are you cold? And I just kind of laughed and nodded. And he put his jacket around my shoulders and there weren't very many people in the audience and the whole production team, the, the announcer and the clowns and everything, they saw it. And the announcer <laughs> he he announced over the microphone, like, "Well, here it us, At the proposal!" <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it was it was that was just the best
0: rodeo. Oh, it sounds like so much fun. It was
1: awesome.
0: Were there any other ones other than that that was uh like a little bit different or that really stuck with you? I think.
1: The other one that, that really sticks is actually a, a home state rodeo, the Tri-State Rodeo in Fort Madison, where the Miss Iowa pageant is held. Um, that one was just really special because I got to bring my own horse, which I didn't bring my own horse anywhere because I was constantly doing the vet school thing. I just borrowed horses all year, and which I think helped a lot when it came to the Missouri America American Horsemanship Award. But... For the the tri-state rodeo, I brought my own horse, and my he. It, it was special because it was an awesome rodeo. It didn't rain too much, and <laughs> um, my I just I just remember thinking of how proud I was of my horse because I had raised and trained him since he was born. I mean, I I watched him come into the world, and, and then he came out to this huge rodeo and and carried flags like. He was a seasoned veteran, and that was, besides the amazing majority of Iowa board and the Tri-State Radio Committee and all the things I got to do because I was Miss Radio Iowa there, like, I got to bring my own horse. So that yeah. was, really memorable. I remember that.
0: Yeah, I love that. There's nothing better than when you put that much work into a horse, seeing it really pay off and seeing them kind of grow up and be a big kid. <laughs> yes, absolutely. He was a
1: big
0: kid then. And like you said... You are quite the horsewoman and at Miss Rodeo America did extremely well in the horsemanship. Uh, how did you prepare for that? Do you think just jump riding all those horses helped you or did you do anything special to really get ready for that? And kind of explain how the horsemanship at Miss Rodeo America works because it's a little different than your average horsemanship contest. It is.
1: Yeah. It's, it's very different. So. The, the Ministry of America Horsemanship Competition happens on the very first full day of the competition. Um, all the girls are hauled out to the South Point, and we, we are given drawn horses. So you, you don't get to see your horse warm up. You don't get to really know hardly anything about your horse. It's the it's draw, just like in a regular rodeo performance. And they have some pretty incredible horses. They're stock contractor horses. So they are, they're seasoned horses most of the time. Um, but, you know, they, they are ranch horses, you know. They're, they're horses that work. And you basically are given a, a draw and you are given a pattern. That You have three patterns and then the judges pick one that morning. And you are put on the horse, led to the gate, and then you have to go into the arena in front of everybody and be judged on that pattern without ever having ridden the horse, ever having warmed up on the horse, anything. And it's, it's meant to judge whether you can get on any horse and make it look like you know what you're doing or not. Because that, it's really hard to do that. I mean, it's, it's much easier to have time to practice. And the reason they do that is because Miss Rodeo America, she rides so many horses throughout her year. I mean, she she never brings her own horse anywhere, to my knowledge, unless it's you know it just happens to be a rodeo right next door. You know, she rides not contractor horses and, and um, quarter horses from around the country. So it's it's a really important part of her job. And the pattern is the first part, and then once everybody's done with the pattern, then they do separate groups of. Rail work, where you're just in with a group of ten or so girls, and you're doing um, rail work um, both directions, and, and that's it. Um, and I was lucky enough to get two really, really good draws, and um, I, I was fortunate enough to come away with that title. But that, you know, that award, I think, started this. Um, the my, I guess my lack of being able to bring my horse anywhere because of that school. I mean, I rode, every single rodeo I went to, I rode a different horse, sometimes each performance. You know, sometimes I'd have it for the whole weekend of the rodeo, but oftentimes I rode different horses. Yeah. And just being, I mean, those horses I got to warm up most of the time, but just getting a leg over as many different horses as you can is crucial in order to do well in that environment because it all comes down to whether you can focus and mentally tell yourself that this is a ride and I'm going to do it as best as possible. I mean, I think I blacked out the whole time I was doing my <laughs> pattern, but I, I did it well, I guess. <laughs> um, it's, it's pretty it's pretty mental. But um, I I rode a lot of different horses my year. I did. I went down to Kansas again later in the year and rode with Brock Rubford because he always offers rodeo queens. You know, if you want to come ride horses, come down to my place and we'll we'll get you on a couple different ones. And um, he was a past Miss Rodeo America president and and has been very involved in the rodeo queen um, and Miss Rodeo America world. So he's a, an incredible resource that I just, I wanted to freshen up on a few things. I wanted to ride some stock contractor horses and some horses that I knew were very similar to what was gonna be there. And, and actually he, he brought a couple to, to Miss Rudy America. Um, so it's, it's just the more horses that you can put your legs over and the more mentally focused you are, the better. And I, I mean, I didn't have any idea I was gonna win that until they called my name on Sunday.
0: Yeah, what a great opportunity to prepare when you get to go ride horses that are exactly like what you're going to see at the competition. For sure, for sure. And you, most of those girls wear some bright outfits for the horsemanship, but you <laughs> wore just jeans and a white shirt.
1: I did, yeah. I. So well, obviously a lot of effort and time and money go into a Rodeo Queen wardrobe, and uh, the Miss Rodeo America pageant is probably at the top of that list for effort and time and money and you know I spent a, a huge month a huge amount of time planning that wardrobe and exactly what I was going to wear to every single function just because that appearance is a big part of a rodeo queen's world and job and for the horsemanship competition I, I originally I was going to go with a monochromatic outfit you know, painted boots dyed jeans, matching shirt, painted belt, whole nine yards, um, because that is a traditional rodeo queen look, but the more I thought about it, the more I realized that if I'm going to do this, I'm going to, I want to make a statement, and I'm not going to just be another crayon colored outfit, I know I'm a good horsewoman. like I, obviously I didn't know I was gonna win, but I I am very confident in my riding ability. I mean, I am I am very confident that I can get on any horse in any kind of tack and I can make it look good. And that's because I've I've practiced that a lot. That's not being, you know, overconfident. That's just that's just what I do. And I wanted to stand out in the fact that I didn't want my clothes to outshine my riding ability. And so I stuck with a pair of black Justin boots some regular old nice clean square-toed boots I had a pair of dark wash Wrangler jeans I bought a white Wrangler shirt and I did put some embellishments on the like yoke area because I thought that would be pretty and I wore a white hat and that outfit I was the only girl out of 27 girls to have a non-monochromatic outfit And I think that in itself kind of showed the judges on the first day that I was confident enough in my riding ability that I didn't need the the matching outfit in order to to make it look good. So I think that in itself kind of made me stand out too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I kind of wonder, looking forward to the Miss Rodeo American pageants in the next couple years, if there won't be a couple more girls wearing... A little bit of a simpler outfit now that you've done it and won the horsemanship in that look because you know when people do well other people tend to follow those trends and <laughs> look heck that's, yeah that's you I man so. I, I, could... I hope so i i guess in, in my mind i see those monochromatic outfits kind of like leather dresses i mean they're always going
1: to be a part of the rodeo queen look they're always going to be beautiful and traditional and i I don't it's not like I dislike them. I don't want them to go away but they're very expensive and you know, especially for girls who are starting in the rodeo queen industry, I just I hate for the fact that I can't afford the clothes to be a reason because I was there and I I don't want that to happen. Um, and I think it, it should be just as acceptable like it is now to wear a cloth dress instead of a letter dress to wear a nice fit shirt and pants
0: versus a monochromatic outfit. I think they have they both have a place in the rodeo really clean world. Absolutely. As long as you're put together well and look clean and professional, I, I don't see a problem with either way. Same. Same. I mean the horsemanship was one part, but when you were getting ready for Miss Rodeo America How did that preparation go while you were in school and balancing finals and then also trying to prepare for for Miss Rodeo America at the same time?
1: It was really hard. And that was probably the hardest part of my year because in mid-November is when I took my national um, licensing exam to become a veterinarian. Um, During our fourth year, we don't really have finals, like regular semester classes and such. We take our, our board exam. And we do that before we graduate in November. And that was like two weeks before the Miss Ready America competition. And just preparing for that as well as the we added Miss America is in 30 days. Miss America is in two weeks. Miss Redding America is next week. You know, it just, it was, it was a lot. And I just tried to take it one step at a time. I did my very best. In hindsight, I do think that is probably what kept me out of the top ten is, that last part of the year I felt like I should have been studying more for Miss Ready America and instead I was studying for my national board exam, which I don't regret because now I'm, I'm living my dream as a veterinarian and I absolutely love my job and I love what I do, but I wish there would have been a way to squeeze in another month in between my board oh. exam and the Miss Ready America competition. But it was, it was really hard, and I, I don't really wish that on anybody, but it, it's doable, and it's something that I set my mind to, and that I, I accomplished. I accomplished my board exam, and I did pretty well in America, and, and those two things made me really happy, and, and I'm happy with, with how it turned out.
0: Yeah. Has the experience being a state title holder helped you in your daily life as you've gone forward?
1: I do think so. I feel like it has, that year as maturity of Iowa, just broadened so many horizons. It, it expanded my network. And I mean, every day it seems like there's kind of a, oh yeah, I, I know this person because of that thing I did that year or, or something like that. And I, I see it as it's only going to continue to help me in the future. Um, let alone the public speaking skills and presentation skills that I gained while a state title holder, I think those definitely helped me every day. I mean, communication is a huge part of my job, and communication is pretty much the job of the rodeo queen. So I think that the two really, really um, had a lot of synergy together.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I know that when I was just the high school queen, I was a little bit of a mess before that experience and it made me grow a lot, having to step up and fill the shoes that I needed to, to have that title for the year. If you had any advice for kids that are either girls looking to get in to the rodeo queen industry or kids looking to just follow their dreams, what would your advice be? I truly believe that every
1: great life experience I have ever had has simply been because I am willing to say yes and to try it, at least for a little while. And I mean, if I hadn't have just blindly jumped into running for my first Rodeo Queen title, you know, 2019 would have looked very different for me. And I I didn't know what I was getting into and I wasn't totally prepared, but I said yes anyway. And then I figured it out, and I can think of so many other instances and situations and wonderful memories I have that I can say the same thing about. You know, I I didn't know exactly what I was doing, but it looked like fun or it looked interesting, and I just kind of said yes and went with it. And I mean, I I think if more people did that, that It'd be happier and I know I've also done that with things that I tried for you know a term or a year or however long it was and I was like eh, that's not really for me and I had to do it again and I did something else <laughs> but the initial just say yes just just do just try it and all most of the time you come away with at least a funny
0: memory or two it's not a whole new world I never really thought about it like that but that's awesome advice and I mean it's crazy to think that you would have never been Miss Rodeo Iowa 2019 had somebody not tagged you in a Facebook post like that something that small started this whole chain of events that kind of led you to where you are now
1: Exactly, yeah, and and even if, you know, say I had done that and I had gotten discouraged because I, I lost my first one, and I mean, I, I that obviously didn't happen, it just was, this is so much fun, I want to do it again, I don't care if I lose again, like, it was just really fun, so I, I typically, I've been so involved in my life in different organizations and, and different things, and I do that because... I find them fun I only do things that I
0: enjoy. And if I don't enjoy it, then I don't do it again. Yeah. Are you you really competitive to begin with? I mean, is it hard to take a loss like that? Or when you lost the first one, did that make you want to work harder to win the next one? And because it was fun? Or did you just want to keep doing it either way because it was such a good time?
1: I mean, I know a lot of really competitive people so when I say I'm not competitive I feel like I'm just comparing myself to them. I do think I'm I'm competitive, but I think I'm more competitive against myself. Like I'm not competitive against like when I played basketball. I wasn't, you know, super competitive against other people. I just was competitive because I wanted to be better myself or, or do better myself. And when I was in college, you know, I wanted to get perfect grades, not because of anybody else, but because I was competitive about that personally, and I knew that was going to get me into the best school. So I'm, I guess I'm, I compete with myself, and then I'm, I also only do things that make me happy, and so that those are kind of the, the two things that that lead me places in life,
0: I suppose. Seems like it's a winning combination. <laughs> yeah, I'll <laughs> we'll have to start trying that. So far yeah for sure what are some hobbies and other things that you do for fun outside of being a full time vet
1: well that has been interesting this last year to remember that I can have other hobbies because for the longest time I really I really just didn't didn't have other hobbies besides what I was doing I mean I I love playing basketball and I suppose that could be a hobby but I did it for so long I mean high school and four years of college that by the time I got to vet school I was like oh well, I'm not doing that hobby anymore like I'm done <laughs> <laughs> too much of that so I guess this last year being graduated and having a, and kind of an 8-5 job um, and then being on call sometimes I I started to reimagine some hobbies and to learn that it's okay to have those in my free time that I now have and Last summer, I thought I really love gardening, and I just bought a house. Actually, I just bought an acreage for my horses, and I already have plans for a massive garden this summer. <laughs> so excited! And uh, I, I really love riding my horses. But that was obviously part of being the you. I was riding horses, but now I get to ride my own again. So yeah. that's a hobby. And I really like baking. But I, I didn't really get to do that much while well, I was I was so busy. So now I occasionally bake for funsies
0: Yeah. Are you do you have so much free time these days that you don't even know what to do with it? Last summer
1: that's exactly what where I was. I I would go to my job and I'd come home at, you know, five or five thirty and I was like, Okay, what do I do now? Like where <laughs> Where's all? Where's the list of homework and sports and activities and extracurriculars and speeches and things I have to do? Like where does that go? Because <laughs> <laughs> it just disappeared overnight, which is weird. And I, I honestly, I think last summer I went to bed every night before like eight o'clock because I was just so deprived of sleep. That <laughs> I wanted more sleep. And I kind of, you know, got out of that. And I go to bed at a more normal time now. But honestly, it was just so, it was so liberating to not have to do so much stuff. And so now this year I have some new goals for myself and some things I think I'm going to get into again. But it was really kind of needed to have a year where I didn't,
0: to do so much. Yeah. I bet it was a really good mental break to just kind of recharge for a while.
1: It was. Yeah, plus, my job, I had to learn how to be a veterinarian, which was (laughs) kind of hard.
0: Just a little bit.
1: That that took a lot of mental capacity through the daytime hours. But now that I'm almost a year out, I feel like I've got a, a little bit of a handle on something, and... I can spend some energy doing some other
0: things. Yeah. Are you kind of staying involved with rodeo or with the kind of rodeo queen industry at all? Or are you kind of taking a little bit of time away from that?
1: Well, I feel like last year was kind of my time away. And so this year, I'm excited to get back involved. I actually just officially was accepted as a board member on the Miss Radio Iowa board.
0: Oh, congratulations.
1: Thank you. Um, I'm a general board member, so I don't have any fancy titles, but I will be (laughs) helping, you know, wherever I can and supporting, you know, the organization that gave me so much. So I'll be, I'll be involved with that. And I'm really looking forward to going to some rodeos this year. And hopefully, um, I don't know how, but I'd really like to break in, um, a rodeo vet or a a consultant or you know something that kind of gets me more involved in rodeo because I miss it and
0: I love it a lot yeah that'd be so cool I mean we always it's always nice to show up to a rodeo and know that if anything happens you've got a vet there ready to take care of your animals absolutely so that would be awesome what are you kind of looking to do next in your life what are your what are your next steps now that you're out in the real world, I guess.
1: <laughs> first, well, so I had this, this kind of mental checklist of adulting things I needed to do, and, you know, the first one was graduate, and the next one was, you know, become a veterinarian, and the next one was buy a house so I can keep my horses at, and so I have checked all those things. So, next in life, I have a wonderful boyfriend that... Hint, hint, needs to buy me an engagement ring, and we'll send him this <laughs>
0: podcast. <laughs> uh,
1: you know, that that might be in the future. Um, but honestly, this year, I I just want to be a homeowner and a veterinarian and ride my horse and just
0: kind of live a little dream for a bit. Awesome. Do you have a favorite quote?
1: I do. Do have a favorite quote? My favorite quote is from my high school basketball coach. Her name's Coach Fisher, and she would scream at us when we weren't doing it. And she'd say, Commu- "Communication eliminates confusion," and obviously she would scream it on the basketball court. And uh, when we weren't talking enough, but I just I took that quote so much to heart throughout my life with with everything and how I'd say 9 out of 10 times, you know, most situations that go wrong or have unfortunate outcomes are because there was a lack of communication somewhere. So communication eliminates confusion. It's just a a simple, to-the-point, easy quote that I just absolutely love, and I really try and implement it in my life every day as a veterinarian because if I fail to communicate to my clients then my the patient the animal suffers and so uh, the better I can communicate the the better it is for my patients and and for for everything in life for any relationship or or anything
0: so Yeah, that's my favorite quote I love that quote I think communication okay. is uh it's definitely something that I've struggled with but I'm working on <laughs> and uh <laughs> it's, a, it's a journey it's not a death <laughs> right. And then, do you have a favorite book?
1: I don't know if I have a favorite book, but I have a book I'm reading currently that I really like, and I feel like every every new book I read that I like becomes my new favorite book until the next book. Until the along, next one. Know, I just yeah. Constantly. So, for right now, I'm reading a book called Extreme Ownership, and it's actually written by some Navy SEALs to take um, leadership principles of the military and the, and the Navy SEALs and um, make it apply to everyday life or, or businesses or corporations um, and just how if we take extreme ownership of ourselves and our lives, that everything else just kind of falls into place. You know, instead of putting blame on this, that, or the other, um, having ownership makes, makes life just go a heck
0: of a lot easier. Yeah, that is awesome. I'll definitely have to look into that one and, and give it a good read. Luck. Well, thank you so much, Rachel, for doing this with me. I definitely learned a lot and there's some really good stuff in here. So like I said, thank you so much.
1: Well, thanks for having me. This was a blast. Yeah. Anytime. <laughs>